Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Today, I want to switch to another topic called "Why Trials." Why we have to go through suffering. And trials and tests and hardships. I think it's good to understand the foundation, so that we will be able to rejoice in the trials. We will be able to avoid some trials in our life, and we can grow in our spiritual life as we pass the fire of trials in our life. Trials are something that no one wants. How many people want trials here? I don't want trials, but trials are something that everyone has to face. Unfortunately, you cannot avoid trials in your life. There are four sources of trials. Four sources. Number one, self. Self, yourself, bring trials to your life. Trials mean difficulties or undesired circumstances that may come to your finances, or your physical body, or your relationship. Anything that you don't like to happen in your life, we call trials, difficulties, and sometimes trials come because of you yourself bring them on yourself, and these kind of trials can be avoided if you can change your thinking, you change certain doctrines of your life. Maybe you have wrong doctrines. That's why you bring trials to your own self. Or you can change certain behaviors. A lot of you may blame the devil. That the devil, you make my wife mad at me. Oh, I'm in trial right now. My wife mad at me. But actually, it's not the devil. If you just change your behavior toward your wife, things will be resolved. Amen. So I'm gonna come up with another preaching next Sunday, how to avoid trial in your family. Amen. So we need to change certain things in our life. And the trials that come from yourself is in accordance to the principle of sowing and reaping. You sow bad things, you reap bad things. It's the principle of cause and effect. If you rob a bank, you're gonna face a trial in jail because you do it yourself. Therefore, if you want to live in the blessing and avoid trials, you need to repent of your sin and stop living self-centered. Selfish life, and start to obey God. So number one, self. Everyone says self. No. Number two, trials come from other people. Other people. Some trials are brought upon us by the foolish and unwise decisions and behaviors of others. Jeremiah was arrested to be in captivity because of the sins of Israel. Elijah had to face famine. For many years, because the children of Israel worship the idols of Baal, you see, when people around you sin, you get some domino effect upon you. When people in your church sin, then you get some side effects, some bad consequences upon you, some way somehow. Because we live in a sinful world, and people sin around us, sometimes we face trial with them. But thank God. God is a good God and gracious God. He will help us if we don't sin with them. Jonah actually 
brought trials to the crews in a ship. He was called by God to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel, but Jonah ran away, went into the ship, and then a big storm came, and all the crew in the ship faced trials because of this man sinned against God until they throw him into the sea, and then the storm stopped. Sometimes trial can come when other people make a wrong decision. Number three, the third source of trials is Satan and demons. These kind of trials usually are supernatural. Cannot be explained by scientific things. Cannot be explained by the natural way of reasoning. And you can vanquish these kind of trials by intercession, by resisting the devil, by using authority of the believers in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, by the word of God. Or sometimes you need to depend on other people' prayers and intercession. Yesterday, I met a man that I mentioned to you, and this man came to see me. He was in trouble for six months, but one day, while I was driving to out of somebody's home, God told me to go to this house and intercede for him and pray for him. And God dropped into me a big faith, and you know, after that day, he got delivered from the trial of the enemy. All the stomach pain is gone, the depression is gone, insomnia was gone, and he said he even—I'm sorry to say this, but it's true—he said that all of his life he has problem with bowel. He cannot have a bowel movement easily, but even that, the bowel movement became normal after that. It's amazing. God set him free for everything by intercession of somebody. So that's why we need to intercede for one another because the devil attack people. The devil will bring temptation and hardships to people. That's number three. Trials came from the devil. Number four, the trial come from God Himself. This is not something that God want to do, but sometimes God has to do it in order to get our attention. In fact, the Bible say clearly that. When we face trial that come from him, he was not happy either. The Bible say in Isaiah chapter 63 verse 9, in all their affliction, he mean God was afflicted. So when God allow afflictions or difficulties to happen to us in heaven, he feel grief too. He feel sad that we have to go through the trials. But we need that trial that God allowed to happen to get our attention. So that we can wake up, because a lot of us have a stubborn attitude, a lot of us have a hard-hearted attitude. So he need to bring big or severe reproof to our life. God likes to use gentle correction. In fact, God doesn't want to bring a big stick to spank us to get a big try upon our life if we live the life that He want us to live. I read the scripture to you in Psalm. 32 verses 8 and 9. Psalm 32 verses 8 and 9. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. You see, God is our Father. He want to instruct us. He want to guide us how to go, where to go, what to do. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse, nor or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be Harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will come near you. You can see here that God say, "I want to direct and teach 
and instruct my children. You all, me too. He want to instruct us and teach us and guide us with his eyes. I know this very well, because when I'm at home and when Pastor Da start to make some way of her eyes, I know right away. I need to shut my mouth. If I say something wrong and just look at her eye contact, she make her eye contact. I know right away that I was doing the wrong thing. And the same thing when my daughters and my son walk into the house at night or doing something wrong. Sometimes I don't have to say much. I just look at their eyes, <laughs> and they know right away that I try to guide them that this is not what the daddy likes. So. God wants to use His eyes to direct us, and that is the best way because it's not hurtful, it's not painful. Using the eyes, maybe you hurt in your heart a little bit. Oh, my dad, look at me like that. But it's not hurt physically, financially. We should live like that. We should allow Him to give us the inward witness to speak to us with His eyes. Look at His eye and say, God. He say, No, 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 no. I don't like that. Stop. So we back off. He just speak into our heart the inward witness and say, "Don't do that. Do that. Don't do that. Do that." And if we obey right away, we can avoid a big spanking. We can avoid trials, big trials that will cause a lot of damage and difficulties to life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 to 6, "We are His children. We are His sons and daughters." My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by Him. For whom the Lord loves, He chastens, and scorches every son whom He receives. So the chastening of the Lord have variety of degree, starting from the most gentle one. Just look at your eye and say, mm, "Don't do it," to the point that. Stop! He may make some noise, or to come to the point that, bam, big spank. Okay. I hope that every member of New Hope International Church will stop at just the eye contacts. You don't want the spanking. You don't want the trials that come from the Lord. The Bible say that the way He guides us with His eyes, this is how He does. In Second Timothy three sixteen, all Scripture. Is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and for instruction in righteousness. When the Bible says He uses His eye to guide us, it means the Word of God. If you read the Bible all the time, you respond to the Bible, you listen to teaching CD all the time, and you respond to the teaching in the CD or MP3, you can avoid a big spank. That's one way he does. He used the word as the eye. The Bible say that the word of God is a lamp to my path, to my feet, and is a light to my path. So it show us where to go, what to do. Amen. And not only that, God also used His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, to speak to inner part of our life to tell us what to do. And if we listen to the Holy Spirit. And we yield to the word of God all the time. We have a close relationship with God all the time. We can avoid a lot of big trials in our life. Amen. Some trials have the mixture of sources. 
like Job. Job's trials had the three sources. Number one, Satan. Satan asked God for permission to attack him. Second source, God Himself said, "Go for it. I allow you to do it." The third one, eventually, after he came out from the trial, he repented, and the reason God allowed him to go through the trial because he has some one weakness in his life that God wants to deal with, and that weakness is self-righteousness. When he came out from the trial, he learned that he is so self-righteous. A lot of Christians. Are very self-righteous. Oh, I know a lot of Bible. I know more than you. I am good. I'm a great Christian. They forget that actually no one is good enough. Everything comes from the grace of God. Amen. What happened in Thailand last week is not that Dr. Lau is a great guy. No, I'm nothing. He did the job through me. So I need to stay humble. Amen. We need to be like that so that we can avoid big trials from God to spank us and to wake us up that you are self-righteous. Job 42 verses 5 to 6 say, "I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear." This is what Job say. But now my eye sees you. He repented. Therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Eventually, Job repented and saw his own self righteousness that he need to get rid of. Amen. Come to this point. I want to warn all of you. That don't set yourself up for trials. Everyone say, "I will not set myself up for trials." If we always humble, if we always listen to God and obey God and submit to God, submit to His Word, submit to His Holy Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. I give you example. When I go to Thailand, the Lord command me, son. Don't set up organization. Don't set up denomination. Don't put every church in the same name. Don't set yourself up as a head of the organization. You just go as a servant, but people can relate to you by relationship, not as a denomination. I say yes, Lord. I'm not going to do it because I need to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. If I can do that, I can avoid strong reproof and a big spanking from God. If we don't listen to God and do whatever we want, we're gonna face bits and bridles. When I was young, I like to watch Maverick movie, cowboy movie. I love cowboy movie, and I noticed that <laughs> I noticed that people who on the horse they have bit and bridle, and they have also something sharp on the shoes. What do you call it? spurs? And they have to do like this in order to get the horse the right direction. Some Christians are like horses. They are independent. They run ahead of God. They are hard-headed. They are re- re- very rebellious. They're gonna do their own things. So when they do that, what God had to do? Put bit and bridle and use the spur. Boom, and it hurts. I hope you are not a horse. And some Christians are like a mule, stubborn. God tried to say, "Come, come!" You said, "No, no." So what happened? God need to use another spur. God need to use the big reproof, big spanking to move you on. I hope that you are the sheep of God. God just look at your eyes. The sheep will follow. 
I hope you are like an eagle. When the wind of the Holy Spirit come, you just put up your wing, and you just follow the wind of God. Then you can avoid the bit and brittle and strong reproof, and avoid big trials. When the trial come, you will come out from it, and the blessing gonna come out from that trial. Yes, but sometimes the scar that come from the trial lasts for a long, long time. Amen. Amen. People always ask me. Some people who have neck problem, maybe some back problem, but they are not ready for surgery yet. They say, "Should I go out and water ski?" I say, "You can do it, but one day if you need back surgery, it's gonna be scar on your back, and it's gonna be a problem, and you'll never be the same after you have back surgery." You think about it. You want to have a good retirement with a scar on your back, or you want to just have fun now to go downhill ski and water ski and hurt your back and have back surgery and back fusion. You think about it. The same thing, the same principle with trials. I rather obey God every day, follow Him, and avoid trials and hardships. Avoid the scar in my life. I don't want scar on my back and my hand and my arm. I want God to treat me well, without big. Reproof and trials. Amen? Amen. If you face trials, you have to pay a big price. So don't do it. Don't be stubborn like mules. Don't be independent and willful like horse. Be a good sheep and a good eagle. Amen. Let's give hand to God. <laughs> One trial that come to our life. It's not a trial that comes because we sin against God. Sometimes the trial comes because He wants to test our fear of the Lord and our love for Him. In James chapter one verse thirteen, let no one say when he is tempted, "I am tempted by God," for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. When the devil come and attack you, he will tempt you to sin against God. But when God come and test you, He will test your commitment, your loyalty, your love, and your fear of the Lord. He will test that whether you have fear of God or not. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. Now it come to pass after this thing that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. You know that Abraham is a man of faith. He's a father of all those who have faith in Jesus Christ. And he has to go through many tests in his life. Do you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God? But our faith will be made perfect through trials. If you just hear the word but never go through tests, your faith will not be perfect. So God allowed tests to come to your life in order to perfect your faith. And that's what happened to Abraham. He has to go through the test of waiting for 25 years before he had Isaac. As his only son, they're gonna be the ancestor of the seeds that will be like the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore. And after many years, before he turned teenager, God tested him again. I believe that Isaac was greater blessing to Abraham. And sometimes, as human being, the greatest blessing that God gave to us turned to be an idol. Is that right? Sometimes you say, "God, give me a husband. Give me a husband." And after God give you a husband, now your husband is your idol. God is number two now. Be careful. Don't 
put the blessing and the things of God that God gives to you be above God. God must come before the blessing that God gives to you. And God wants to test Abraham whether he sees Isaac more important than God or not. What did he do? He said, go to Mount Moriah and sacrifice Isaac on the altar for me. Abraham determined right away. He determined that he will love God and fear God more than man. Three days of journey to Mount Moriah. I believe that those three days were the most painful days of his life. That he knew that he had to kill his own son. And he was older then. He, it's not easy to have another son at that age. But we're on the way to Mount Moriah. God trained him as he obeyed. One thing that I learned about God, as you obey God and walk in obedience and walk in faith, on the way, he teaches you something new. God taught him that. Yes, you can kill your son, but I can resurrect him. So on the way to Mount Moriah, faith came into him and said, yes, God can resurrect my son. And because he obeyed God, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the faith hall of fame of all the people who have faith in the Old Testament, God put more verses for Abraham than anybody else. It's amazing because he passed all these tests of loving God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 17 to 19, say, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. This is like a shadow of the Father in heaven gave up Jesus. Of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up from the dead. Abraham's faith was made perfect by obedience through the test. His faith came up to the level that I believe God can resurrect my son. God tested his love and obedience. Sometimes God will come and test you to see whether you love him more than your family or not. God will test you whether you love money or love him more. Which one is your God? God may test you to see whether you love your job more than him or not. That test come, I pray that you pass the test. During you going through that test, you should not thank God for the test, but you praise God that he allow you to go to the test and you overcome and come out from the test. Amen? Why we have to go through trials and tests? Why? There are four benefits. I'm going to conclude four benefits of going through trials and tests. The first benefit, before I go to the first benefit, I read the scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. To everything, there is a season. Remember this? To everything, there is a season. For myself, there's a season that I started the church. There's a season that I'm a pastor. There's a season that God sent me to Thailand as in the apostolic ministry. And there's a season, further season. Everyone has season. You need to wait for the season of God. And don't criticize anybody. You cannot criticize anybody in the church because each person has his own season. Amen. And then a time for every purpose under heaven. So in other words, God in heaven has his, his own economy for each and every one of us. He takes care of human's affairs. 
and each and every one of you, God put something in your life for a purpose. Amen. God put somebody in your life for a purpose. God put trials in your life for a purpose. And according to the scripture, He's a good God. Every purpose of God is good. Whether it's a good experience or bad experience, when it come out from that experience, it's going to produce good thing. The purpose of God is always good for your life. He wants to bring you to the next level for the next season to do the greater things for Him. But you cannot do the greater things for Him until you have to pass certain tests. Amen? You have to go through a lot of tests before you go to that next level. Amen? God has a purpose and a season for people. Look at the blessing of trials. Number one, James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. My brethren, count it all joy. Everyone say, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, and, but let patience have its perfect work, perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Romans chapter 5, verse 3, uh, the Apostle Paul say the same way. And not only that, but we also glory. Glory means shining the goodness of God, smiling, happy, with glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. So the first reason for trials is that He will make us stable. The Bible used the word, the language is Hupomone, H-U-P-O-M-O-N-E, for perseverance and patience. Hupomone means stand still under pressure. You're not shakable. You're not shaken easily. You just stand still in any circumstance. That is the character. A stable man. In other words, you don't look happy only on Sunday. On Sunday, you come, the presence of God come, ha, 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 ha. But when you go back to your work on Monday and the boss yell at you, your heart just go up and down like thermometer. The surrounding circumstance make you go up and down. But a stable man, a stable woman who passed the test will be the same in the heart, still smile in difficulty, still have faith, still strong, still positive, Still walking with God, no matter what happened. Stable, like a rock. That is the purpose of God in your life. You may wonder why some brother and sister in the church face less trials than you. You say, why am I going to try all the time? Why? I tell you one of the reasons. Because you are like a yo-yo. Because you are like a roller coaster. So the trial will not stop until you stop being a roller coaster. You need to stand still in any circumstances, Monday to Sunday, and when God see that, okay, I pull the trial out, you pass the test now, you don't need to face so many trials. Don't be emotionally up and down. Be strong in your spirit. Have faith, have joy, love, positive. Being like that kind of people in the society, everywhere, all the time. Stable. Amen? Everyone says, stability. Are you one way in the church 
and another way at your school. Are you one way in the church and another way at home? Are your hearts stable? Is your spirit strong all the time? God wants to put you through trials to make you stable. That's the first one. Number two, James chapter one verses two to three. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. First Peter one seven, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes. Though it is tested by fire, fire means difficulty, may be found to praise, honor, and glory to the, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The second reason that God allows us to go through trials is to help us refine and develop our faith. In the past few years, I began to realize that faith is so important in Christian walk. Faith is so important. Yesterday, somebody interviewed me for a promotion of the CD ministry in our church. Asked me the question, what is your key sentence that every believer can really impact the world? And I say that the key sentence is, you know your God and have faith in your God. If you have faith in God, I'm not talking about have faith just for salvation. Have faith in everything he said. God wants to develop your faith in every aspect. Faith for laying hand on to cast out demons. Faith to save the soul. Faith to heal the sick. Save for the provision of God. Save for God's protection. Faith for anything in life. Faith for your own children. When you pray for your children, do you have faith that your children are going to be good and strong? God wants us to develop our faith. We develop our faith through trials and hardships. As I say from the beginning, faith comes by hearing, but faith is perfected by trials. The three Hebrew men that went into the furnace fire came out, have more faith. They went through trial. Amen? So that's number two. The second benefit. Number one, character. Everyone say character. Stability. Stability. Number two, faith. Number three, the reason that God allows us to go to trials, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 17 to 18. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal, everyone say eternal, weight of glory. Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 say, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. The third reason of trials is to help us develop eternal vision. We are living in the physical world. It's so easy to be distracted by the things on the world. Big house, big mortgage, big bank account, nice car, nice refrigerator. Even minister like me can have my eyes on the world. Oh, big ministry. You just think about the things in the world. It's so easy to put our eyes on the temporal things on the world and then forget about 
heaven. Forget about the things in heaven, the things of God. So sometimes God has to send something to stir us up a little bit. Say, hey, the things in the world can be gone. I have two times in my life that my house burned down. Two house fire. Make me think the house is temporary. <laughs> I cannot depend on my house. I need to depend on God. I need to keep my eyes on God above there. I need I, the most important thing to me is love, faith, wisdom of God, the anointing of God. Not my money, not my house, not my car, not even position on earth here. I need to look at up God. Look up to God. My vision would turn out from. The things of the world, and look up the vision upward to God. Trials help us to keep us perspective right, eternal perspective. Amen. That's why when you preach the gospel, you get persecuted, so that you will keep your eyes in heaven, not the rewards on earth here all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. That's number three. The last one. The reason why we go to trial. Let me read the scripture in Job chapter 42, verses 10 to 17. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord made him prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord has brought upon him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the first. He had fourteen thousand sheep, six thousand camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter he named Jeremiah, the second Kezia, and the third Karen Hapu. Nowhere in all the land were there far women as beautiful as Job's daughter. I like that. And their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. After this, Job lived a hundred and forty years. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. And so he died old and full of years. So uh, the fourth reason that we go through trials. So that we can be blessed at the end of the trial, and then God gets the glory. Amen. Who gets the glory? God gets the glory. Trials come, the dark hour, the midnight hour comes. But when we come through out of midnight hours with the greater things, what happened? We are blessed, we are promoted, and God gets the glory. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to encourage all of you. I believe that you may face disappointment right now. You may face some setbacks in your life. Maybe financially, maybe physical health, maybe relationship. Examine your life. Don't complain in the trial. Don't blame God. Don't blame anybody. Examine yourself. Maybe you need to change something in your life, your behavior, your doctrine, your thinking. Maybe you need to pray. Ask people to pray for you, intercede for you, and keep your heart right, and start to change your lifestyle from being a horse or a mule, but start to be a sheep that have close relationship with God, 
Listen to the teaching all the time. Read the Bible all the time, and be led by the voice of the Holy Spirit. And eventually, God c a n take you out of that trial, bless you, and you can give glory to Him. Amen. I go through so many trials in my life. Now I look back. I thank God for all those trials. So many disappointments. Being deserted by people, being misunderstood, being criticized, but that's okay. We keep going. We keep loving God. We keep doing what God tells us to do. And no matter what happens, God has a good purpose. Rejoice, count it all joy, and glory in the tribulations. Amen. I hope you're encouraged today. I hope you have the different perspective about trials today. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anyone in this room who never accept Jesus Christ, or maybe you kind of walk away from God and you want to come back to God, I want to encourage you to come back to the Lord and walk with Him. Be like a sheep. You can avoid a lot of problem. Be led by the Spirit. Take serious about the Word of God. If you're not Christians, and today God speak to you, I want to give you invitation to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can do that simply by talking to Him and ask Him to come into your life. I like to have this privilege to pray with you and pray for you. If you are those people who either fall away from God or maybe not walk with God for a while, and today you want to come back to God, or you don't know God, and today you say, "I want to follow God," even one person in this room, God rejoice. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series. Please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address: New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 